Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. You know, I want to not like any of these people running for president, but last night, well, my heart was smitten. 93 WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Kebs here. Ethan Hatcher from Saturday Night on the Circle in for Casey. And you know, Ethan, my default position when it comes to politicians is you're all equally bad and I reject every single one of you. But I got to say, and I know you've grown quite fond of this guy over the past several months. Yeah. Ramaswamy out of the gate last night said the thing and I said, okay, you have, at least for this brief moment in time, my attention and my admiration. He was on fire. He had several good lines throughout the debate. I thought he was energetic, focused, and he said the right things. Vivek Ramaswamy. It was by far the best debate, uh, and that is not surprising because they got all yeah. the people who had no business being up there, Burgum and Aza and Pence. And, uh, you know, I mean, when you had it down to whatever that was, was that five or six people? It up was there? five people. And I think you'll be entertained by this as well, because how funny is it that Chris freaking Christie qualified for the Miami debate, yeah. but Mike Pence could not? Because yeah. what was Christie doing there? Christie wasn't performing, but yet he made the debate stage. Mike Pence couldn't qualify. It it allowed people to talk. It allowed people to actually have points. It allowed actual back and forth. And this is the way it should have been from the beginning. These these five or six, if Trump wanted to participate, are the people who should have been in from the beginning. And this is why I thought it was the best run debate, because you had actual substantive back and forth, both in terms of the theater of politics, which we'll get to in a second, and actual policy positions. Now, were you actually as shocked as I was that NBC moderators in large part ran a better debate than Fox News. They did a good job. I, they I they was. did a reasonably good job. And I they was. asked some fairly competent questions. They clearly hated Vivek, but other than that, decent. All right. So the winner last night, because let's face it, these people's policy positions for the most part aren't all that different. Like, if you take out the fact that Christie hates Trump, like, if you just remove Christie's hatred of Trump from the equation, the actual policy positions, and there are nuances that are somewhat different, but by and large, about 80% of the stuff, they're in agreement. They're in agreement on about 80% of the stuff up there, and and the differences, now there is some on the Ukraine, et cetera, but you're really judging these people based on style yeah. and who they are as humans because they're all going to tell you the same thing that, well, we got to get spending under control and we got to have a robust military and we got to improve the Navy and we got to secure the border and, you know, all of these things you're not going to get any substantive disagreement on. In the age of mass media, and it has been become increasingly true decade, decade by decade, starting with John F. Kennedy and now bringing us to 2023. Um, the personality matters more yeah. than the policy positions because it is an age of entertainment. It is an age of sound bites. It is an age of short attention spans. And if you are able to captivate the people with your personality, that is a huge part of the modern uh, political persona. All right. So I declared the first four minutes of the debate, uh, Ramaswamy, the winner. It didn't matter what happened for the rest of the debate because he came out of the <laughs> gate with this. 
We've become a party of losers at the end of the day. It's a cancer in the Republican establishment. Let's speak the truth. I mean, since Ronna McDaniel took over as chairwoman of the RNC in 2017, we have lost 2018, 2020, 2022, no red wave that never came. We got trounced last night in 2023. And I think that we have to have accountability in our party. For that matter, Ron, if you want to come on stage tonight, you want to look the GOP voters in the eye and tell them you resign, I will turn over my, yield my time to you. And frankly, look, the people there are cheering for losing in the Republican Party. Think about who's moderating this debate. This should be Tucker Carlson, Joe Rogan, and Elon Musk. We'd have 10 times the viewership asking questions that GOP primary voters actually care about and bringing more people into our party. You think the Democrats, and we've got Kristen Welker here, you think the Democrats would actually hire Greg Gutfeld to host a Democratic debate? They wouldn't do it. And so the fact of the matter is, I mean, Kristen, I'm going to use this time because this is actually about you and the media and the corrupt media establishment. Ask you the Trump-Russia collusion hoax that you pushed on this network for years. Was that real or was that Hillary Clinton made up disinformation? Answer the question. Go. Mr. Ross. This is how we get our country back. You know, as George Costanza said, leave on a high note. He should just stopped right there because that was that was and that was phenomenal, Rob. That was beautiful. I mean, d- doesn't yeah. that move the needle towards Vivek for you? Well, look, I you know I am I don't care who it is because they're all going to let me down anyway. And it, we're, by the time we vote, it isn't going to matter anyway. Sure. But that was all the stuff that needed to be said. And to say that with Rona Rana sitting right there in the front row. The cojones on that guy. And then she apparently like lost her mind, according to multiple people, when he said that. And she tried to give him the business after the debate. And he got right down there next to her. And he wasn't having any of it. You got to give the guy a world of credit. Yeah, sure. No, accountability is an anathema to uh, establishment Republicans. It's a what? Um, It it is an anathema. Yes, I know the word you said. What does it mean? Um, It it is like the exact opposite. It it is repellent. It is repugnant to uh, the the modern Republican political Do you know what that word was? You're a learned man from many other countries. That's a. Uh, that's a new one for me. Yeah, see? Uh, <laughs> remember your audience, Ethan. Uh, all right, more from Ramaswamy. I loved this, too. Uh, he went after the Republican position on foreign policy about the neocons. And then this at the end where he goes <laughs> after Nikki Haley and DeSantis for allegedly wearing lifts is just great. But I want to be careful to avoid making the mistakes from the neocon establishment of the past. Corrupt politicians in both parties spent trillions, killed millions, made billions for themselves in places like Iraq and Afghanistan, fighting wars that sent thousands of our sons and daughters, people my age, to die in wars that did not advance anyone's interests, adding $7 trillion to our national debt. And Joe Biden sold off our foreign policy. Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, got a $5 million bribe from Ukraine. That's why we're sending $200 billion back to that same country. The fact of the matter is the Republican Party is not that much better. You have the likes of Nikki Haley, who stepped down from her time at the U.N., bankrupt or in debt is, was her family. Then she becomes a military contractor. She joins the board of Boeing and otherwise and is now a multimillionaire. So I think that that's wrong when Republicans do it or Democrats do it. That's the choice we face. Do you want a leader from a different generation who's going to put this country first or do you want Dick Cheney in three-inch heels? All right, Mr. In which Ramaswamy. case, we've got two of them on stage. Mr. Ramaswamy, thank you. Strong. 
Look at Strong. <laughs> I mean, the guy, the guy. He was on fire. He was a firecracker, man. I loved Vivek's uh, uh, performance. By the way, I think we've been pronouncing it wrong. I think it's Vivek. Vivek like cake is is how I remember that. So it's Vivek's performance. That, okay, uh, but very he, good. He, but he did very well. Um, it, it, the liners, you know, he, he injected the humor. He's saying all the right things. Even if he's a little light on the specifics. That doesn't I, bother you? I mean, they're, by light, you mean like he has almost no specifics. Well, I mean, they don't give them very long to elucidate these long plans, Rob. They don't. It's hard to uh, uh, condense them uh-huh. into a forty-five second. Are you uh, getting? Slogan. Are you getting dizzy with the spinning? Are you getting dizzy? Oh, look, the, the, it's it's fine. It, the, none of these. Whoever the guy is, we'll just pray for the best. It's probably going to be Trump. But before we before we go, I thought there was this clip from DeSantis very early on where he went at Trump, and I thought he made some fair points. Now, if you look where we are now, it's a lot different than we were in 2016. And Donald Trump's a lot different guy than he was in 2016. He owes it to you to be on this stage and explain why he should get another chance. He should explain why he didn't have Mexico pay for the border wall. He should explain why he racked up so much debt. He should explain why he didn't drain the swamp. And he said Republicans were going to get tired of winning. Well, we saw last night, I'm sick of Republicans losing in Florida. I showed how it's done. One year ago here, we want a historic victory, including a massive landslide right here in Miami-Dade County. That's how we have to do it. So I promise you this, as the nominee, next November I'll Thank get the job it. done, and as president, I will your, deliver your time for is you. Up. Let me turn- that, and I thought that would be the argument that would resonate with people, Ethan, which was, Look, every year since 2016, we have moved backwards under Trump. Aren't you tired of moving backwards? Clearly, his his style, his substance, his whatever you want to call it, a collection of everything is not winning for this party. But it does not seem that that argument, no matter how obvious it is has resonated with many many voters well the argument hasn't but i think it's part of it's uh, something that we discussed earlier which is the personality i think desantis would have performed a lot better if he would have turned up the energy by about 35 maybe 45 percent because he said a lot of the right things things that i agreed with but he didn't seem to have any energy or conviction behind his own statements and you need that you want that from uh, convincing and effective leadership. So I think that's where DeSantis fell short. Otherwise, I would have also enjoyed if he would have circled back more frequently to his strongest talking point, which is his executive leadership in Florida, because there is a success story there. There's a lot to talk about, but I think he gets sidetracked by these other issues and cultural conversations, and then he doesn't have enough enthusiasm behind his own beliefs to sell the American people on what should be a winning platform. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, Trump had his own rally last night. Of course, he was not at the debate, and you won't believe who he had as the opening act, and it went about as expected. We'll talk about it next. Ethan's in for Casey. It's Kendall and Casey Show, 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. So 
Trump at his own rally in Florida last night to counter-program the Republican debate. And he had an opening act that, I don't know, it just raises some red flags for me. And the opening act went about as expected. 93 WIBC, it's the Kendall Casey Show. I'm Rob. Casey's out today. Ethan Hatcher in for Casey. I think one of the knocks on Trump is that he has alienated a lot of people and some of the people that he has alienated that should be voting for him based on policy are people who don't see him as a serious person. Sure. Is that a fair assessment? Uh, that and I think uh, he is enamored with star power and yeah. stardom and the appeal of fame and he links himself to these people who are absolute Stinkers, which I think we're going to talk about in this segment. And we saw that in his in his administration when he put people like Omarosa. And yeah. by the way, these people almost it seems like they almost always bite him in the backside that he puts to these people who he gets enamored with because he knew him in business or or like you know, his lawyers now. You know, it's throwing them under the bus, and it keeps <laughs> happening. And so one of the things, if you were Trump and you were to, to have, let's just pretend. For argument's sake here, that the 2020 election was totally on the up and up, and mass mail-in balloting in places like uh, mass mail-in balloting in places like Pennsylvania had nothing to do with the outcome. Wouldn't you, as part of your deep dive and your comeback, wouldn't you take some stock and hey, what are some of these little pockets that I might have lost that I should be winning, and why why I didn't win these people, and what can I do to try to bring these people back in? to the equation and in the case of the people who don't view you as a serious person I don't think he's done any of that because these rallies remain largely more a Rolling Stones concert than a person that is expressing yeah. his his deeply held political views on why he would be the best of the 330 million people to run the country. Um, it, it, it's par for the course with Trump. Um, I, I think that, that that was that was part of the problem. You come to a certain stage in your life where change does not come readily or in some cases does not come at all. You become set in your ways. And Trump being a gentleman in his sunset years is of that age where it's very difficult to start altering your approach. And that for me was kind of the uh-oh moment of Donald Trump's presidency when he never got out of campaign mode after getting into office. He never evolved. Yeah. He never changed. Donald Trump remained the same throughout the four years in office. And ultimately, I think that was to his detriment because the campaign style that won him so, many, so much admiration and was so fresh and new and different in 2016 is kind of grating in 2020 or 2024. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay, so it's sort of like, Kev, you'll appreciate this because I know you love this show. It's almost like it's always sunny in Philadelphia. I love if that you, show. And, and I know you're a fan as well. That show for the first four or five years when it was on was wildly popular because it was so much different. It was like this out of control version of Seinfeld where the characters are wild and wacky, but Seinfeld had to play in the box of being on network television. These guys are on FX. Yeah, it was and Seinfeld on crack. It, it is. used to advertise it. And, and, yeah, exactly. Yes, <laughs> thank you. They advertised it. And so for a while, you must view this because these people are so crazy, but then it becomes after about season four or five, Okay, they're still on the air, but at some point it's become beyond ridiculous to the point where it's so unbelievable that you're just like, eh, I know it's there, and if it's on, maybe I'll watch it. But it no longer like enthralls me. And, tr and Trump, in many ways, was like that. 2016, Good you analogy. must watch. It is, it is 
politics on crack, for lack of a better yeah. term. But if you're still doing, and I think all, It's Always Sunny is still on the air. Yeah, I think 15, 15 seasons. seasons. Yeah. yeah. But, like and, 15, 16 seasons. That's crazy. Just like Trump is still running for president and is probably the nominee, but it doesn't enthrall the audience the way it once did. And so to bring all this full circle, his opening act for his rally the other night was Roseanne. And look, Roseanne was a famous comedian and she had a very successful TV show, but nobody looks at, hey, if you're serious about running the country, you're going to reach out to Roseanne to get some, you know, kind of really good insight on, you know, the best way to move forward with the Israeli Hamas conflict or how to end the Russia-Ukraine war. And yes, we're going to play you a clip and it's free earned media, but is this really the earned media that you want? This don't underestimate Trump. This is the same guy who endorsed Dr. Mehmet Oz well, for Senate. So of course this is the kind of person that he wants to introduce his campaign. So Roseanne came up and she got the crowd fired up and it went about as you'd expect. But I want to say right now, aren't we all tired of the deep state bullshit? I can't hear you. I want you to say it louder. Aren't we all? The deep state bull. Okay, so look, is she wrong? No. She just needs to stop with the ambient. I mean, it's just like there's so many different ways you could present that same argument that would actually appeal to a broad swath of people. Like if you had somebody up there and you're playing them and they're saying, look, aren't you tired of a government? that appears to be weaponizing itself against regular citizens and using the power of the federal government to harm regular people. Now you've got a group of people that maybe are willing to tune in there, maybe to hear that and go, yeah, you know what, they're they're right. But it's Roseanne and she's using profanity and the people are just going to go, dude, it's just, it's because I, Trump's going to be the nominee in all likelihood and I want him to win because we can't have four more years of Biden. But it's just like, it's just the same stuff. Okay, so I circle back to you then. Is it really so ridiculous? Because although this is clearly making you and I scratch our heads, it's Teflon Don. Nothing seems to to stick. It, it just, he keeps skating to success in spite of what all, would be enormous hurdles for any other politician. Uh, if Donald Trump is wins uh, a year from now, Seems likely. and uh, if indeed, then I will say I was dead wrong on using Roseanne as a mouthpiece for the campaign. Uh, Tony Kennett going to join us next. We'll talk about uh, what's go- what went on on election night, what the Republicans need to do nationwide to get back on their feet. Uh, big messaging problems. They got big candidate problems. Tony Kennett from the Kennett cast joins us next. 93 WIBC. Well, the change was made up time in the big man. Indianapolis for the Republicans on Tuesday. What do we make of it? Let's go to the guy who's got some of the answers. Joining us now on the WIBC Hotline, he's the host of the Tony Kinnick cast. You can hear it weeknights, 7 to 8 p.m. here on 93 WIBC. Tony Kennett. All right, Kennett. I think Shreve got exactly as we expected. He didn't move the needle for anyone. It was 60-40 Hogshead, and nobody ever listens to us. I don't know why. Again, this is the last time that oh wait no it's not it's the 
all of the time that you and I have to deal with this kind of nonsense. We, we do this every single year. The Indiana GOP puts up a candidate. We're like, wow, that's either a corporate shill or it's a nutcase. Can we just have like a normal guy who's got a plan to fix the areas in? And they're like, no. And so they run this garbage. Everyone treats it just like how we told them they were going to treat it. They don't do very well, but no, it's okay because next year, I guarantee in 2024, we'll spend another several million dollars. I don't have a million dollars. Do you have a million dollars, Rob? I do not. That's because I work here. Oh, <laughs> I, if you'll, I you'll, you'll find that out soon. You'll find that out very soon now that you have your own oh. show. <laughs> I'm just, I'm struggling to wrap my mind around how you could waste $13 million. Wasn't that the number that he wasted on this campaign? Well, that was at the last finance report. Who knows what he put in the final month or so of the campaign? I mean, it could be 20 by the time it's all said and done. Who knows? Gracious. Let, let's, let's be kind here and say $15 million. He put $15 million in. I don't under, I just can't fathom knowing you're going to lose. And I remember at the end of the day, well, I don't know. Maybe he could squeak it out. Like, that wasn't the stupidest thing I heard all year. We all knew he was going to lose. The guy was an idiot and ran on two issues that were bewildering for any mayor to run on and lost. I I can't believe it. It's like watching a grown man fail at dunking on a little tyke's basketball goal. Yeah, Tony Kennett's our our guest. You can hear him weeknights 7 to 8, the Tony Kennett cast here on 93 WIBC. This is what I don't understand, Tony. And we've talked, you and I have talked about this before. We talk about a lot on the show. These candidates, it seems like across the board, and you could say the same thing for governor, they are void of any big ideas. And what a time if you were Shreve to come out with really big, bold ideas. And it's just like they, these Republicans are either they don't have them or they're afraid to express them. I don't know what it is, but it's like even these guys running for governor. There's just nothing for the most part that really distinguishes these people. I, I'm currently talking to several of the campaigns. Uh, I am. And uh, I've had this conversation. I had an idea for one campaign. I said, you need to put out a tweet about nuclear energy. We have coal power plants in Indiana near on down on the Ohio River. You need to put out a tweet that says Indiana should be the very first state wholly powered by nuclear. And the guy talked to me on the phone and said, we're not doing that. I said, why? Why? Take a chance. Make a bold new plan that every Republican in the state is going to be a fan of. What do you have to lose? Seriously, at this point, we know you're going to lose the primary because you're not Mike Braun. So why not just go in there and throw something useful into the void? And again, it's it's a ready-made plan to kind of say, yeah, in the next 10 years, we're going to start making the shift to nuclear. What Republicans are going to be against that? I, I don't understand. Why not make a bold move instead of well, I think that taxes should be low. Wow, Copernicus. <laughs> Amazing. Any other brilliant policy ideas from the Kennedy administration? <laughs> Tony Kennett's our guest. Uh, yeah, you, this is what's interesting to me because politics is really like you, you have to be Kevin McAllister in Home Alone. And the reason Kevin McAllister won in Home Alone is because he made Marvin Harry play on his terms. And people are going to chuckle and dismiss that. But seriously, they went into his house. They had to deal with all of his stuff. And these politicians don't make the other politicians play on their terms. In the case of Shreve, he was totally subservient to Hogshead. In the case of these guys and girls running for president, they're not forcing anybody else to respond to them other than Curtis Hill when he had the thing on the, the mandates that came out, and I just don't get it. I really don't. And, and now you've got Suzanne Crouch, who is Shreve in ruby red lipstick, uh, running around the state and and 
basically telling people that she has ideas. I have yet to hear any idea from her that is original. If Brad Chambers, who I still don't know who he is. I know he's texted me three times thinking that I'm my father. So your brilliant campaign strategy there, Verizon. Um, And then you have Curtis and Eric Doden, who I really want to like and I really think could do good things. But, my God, they just won't campaign. And then there's Mike Braun, who I, I don't even think Braun knows what office he's running for. All he knows is that Trump has endorsed him, which uh, I don't know, man. If the last six years have told you anything, if Trump endorses you, (laughs) I don't know if your election is going to go that well. Well, And I'm saying that as a guy who voted for Trump twice. Well, let's talk a little bit about that, because obviously the GOP debate was last night. Look, I got to say, I I think I said this before, I I think that he strikes me as a guy that used to sell stuff out of his car in the high school parking lot. But I got to say, Ramaswamy was pretty endearing last night. And uh, I, I just find most of those debates, these people, again, void of any sort of you know originality or character or color and Ramaswamy brought a little bit of that to the floor last night I got to tell you that was the best debate and if you'd have told me 10 years ago that NBC would host a debate 10 times better than Fox I would have said you were on mess but here we were it was a great debate honestly Chris Christie and Nikki Haley got the ever-loving crap beat out of them it was like a game of tetherball Nikki Haley was the tetherball and you had DeSantis and Ramaswamy on each end smacking the tetherball it was amazing and uh, I think that Ramaswamy had a lot of emotion but again here's where the problem is in the in the GOP candidates you either have the old decrepit corpse or you have the nutcase who believes that 5g causes autism and when ramaswamy got up there and says it's all about the canadian border and and yeah i mean foreign policy is important and he didn't have any answer for how many ships the navy needed to build he didn't have any answers he's just like i think over the next several years we should do things and his answers were all very vague and and like feel good and they were said with a lot of emotion but they had no substance Okay. And that's Ramaswamy for me. He's the used car salesman. Yeah. So, and and look, it's a, it was another bad night for Republicans across the board. And I maintain that in the world of Trump, and I've thought about this for several days now, whether it's Ohio, Kentucky, in the world of Trump, Republicans have gotten lazy on actual uh, elections, actually winning elections, doing the nuts and bolts uh-huh. things to win elections. And they've also gotten lazy on selling the policies because, because if you listen to Trump, there's very little actual policy discussion or intricate details of policy discussion th- this time around. Really wasn't much in 2020 either. And I think that has gone down the party, which is why you see these ballot initiatives uh, you know, passing in Ohio and then Bashir winning in, in somewhere like Kentucky. I said this on the show the other night. You actually need to have a plan with policies. The reason that Republicans lost in Ohio on abortion is not because of abortion. Guys, people know that Republicans have been pro-life for decades. It's the stupidest nonsense I've ever heard. When Republicans do not provide an alternative policy, an alternative amendment, a definitive idea of where we're going instead of just, well, we're not Democrats. Shreve ran on that. How did that work? Shreve ran on being not Hogsett. Did it work? Is there running on being not somebody work? Guess what? It doesn't. Is there Tony Kennett is is our guest. Couple minutes left with him. Is there mayor? I saw J.D. Vance, who's a senator from Ohio, put out a long statement about why he thought that uh, disgusting pro-abortion amendment passed. And he said maybe the Republicans overplayed their hands in terms of like these heartbeat bills and kind of the similar bill we have here in Indiana. Now, we don't have the ability to to let citizens just put things on the ballot like they do in Ohio. But is he right? Did Republicans? 
Republicans in the post-Roe world move too quick and not win the people and tried to legal- legislate the thing rather than, than win the hearts and minds? Is there any merit to that? No, because no other kind of policy works that way. We're making excuses and scapegoats because Republicans can't fathom that they suck at winning elections. That's why. Republicans provided no alternative. Republicans didn't out there and go, hey, Ohioans, this is why you shouldn't vote for Proposition 1. This is where we could be going. Instead, they're just like they clutched their pearls, go, oh, you, you wouldn't kill a baby, would you? Which, by the way, I'm very pro-life, and I think that the amendment should have failed in Ohio, but Republicans didn't sell it. They just clutched their pearls and said, well, you're not going to support something by stinky Democrats, are you? And so people didn't go out to vote. People don't vote against things. They vote for things. So in my way off, it's saying, look, even when Trump ran in 2016, he had a kind of sort of like a ragtag operation that wasn't by traditional campaign standards very well organized. He was just so dynamic that he got people on their own to kind of organize on his behalf and, and, and somehow won. But am I wrong in saying that in a in a Trump Republican world, the parties like the apparatus of winning elections, whether it's ideas or actually the operations, the door knocking, et cetera, it's just not very good. It's not very good because there's nothing new that's invigorating people. He's not moving forward. Trump hasn't actually brought new ideas forth about what he's going to bring to the presidency since his announcement speech when he said he wanted to go to Mars. He hasn't. There's been nothing new. He ran in 2016 on draining the swamp, and then he didn't. But that's a big thing that drove people to the polls. Since then, what have we driven people to the polls for other than we're not Democrats? Do you have uh, a, what? Before I let you go, do you have a favorite? Do you I, I, like I've you've kind of to your credit? I don't think really said out loud. I'm supporting so and so for president. Do you have a favorite? Uh, yeah, I do have a favorite. I, I don't think that, that he's going to win. I, I do like DeSantis. I think that he's run not a great campaign. And I and I just know that we're going to end up watching Trump lose in 2024. And I'm going to be sitting there going, we could have had this thing in the bag. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this is just where we are. What's coming up with the Tony Kennett cast tonight? Oh, we have got a little bit of conversation on all of the licenses that you shouldn't have to buy tonight. Oh, and the I love that. that. Shouldn't be expensive. I so. love that. I love that. As somebody who used to work at the professional licensing agency as the state pharmacy board director, I absolutely love this. I can't wait to hear it. It's the Tony Kennett cast tonight, seven o'clock on ninety-three WIBC. You're the best. Thank you. Thanks, Rob. Take care. Ninety-three WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey show. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. times in various relationships over the years i've thrown that one out <laughs> it is kendall and casey show i'm rob casey's out today ethan hatcher's in for casey so rashida Tlaib, you know who she is yeah i'm, I'm familiar she's a uh, famously uh, anti-semitic yes she's a <laughs> lunatic leftist uh u.s rep from michigan a part of the squad and she was censured by the house for her 
seemingly endorsement, it appeared, maybe of Hamas and saying from the river to the sea. There we go. Is, endorsement of genocide. Yeah, that, which, there we go. Which That's is it. seen as, uh, as you said, endorsement of genocide of the Israelis. Now, where are we at on the censure? Because Merritt and I went back and forth on this yesterday. This lady is a lunatic. This lady is a crazy leftist. This lady has no business being in public office. But isn't this a conversation between her and her constituents? I mean, with all the blatant corruption and deceit and terrible behavior that goes on in the U.S. Congress, now we're censuring people. Doesn't she have the right to say it? And then it's between her and her constituents to decide whether they She's want She's not being removed from Congress. But I mean, what a colossal waste of time, right? I mean, you've got people who are essentially doing legalized insider trading and all sorts of other crap in the U.S. Congress. So and there should be more people to be censured. I, look, I'm just saying if we're going to start, this lady's being a moron is not the place I'd probably start <laughs> with. But um, of course, they, they threw look, the- Look, I know there are more retro, uh, uh, macaroons that need to face re- retribution, but I'm not upset that Rashida Tlaib got a minor Smackdown you don't see this as a colossal waste of time and total well, hypocrisy. It's a colossal waste of time. I wouldn't call it. Well, it's a hypocritical too. But <laughs> but they're still right. Okay, so <laughs> she was asked about this, and she is on the defensive now, and she says her words are totally being distorted. Much of what I'm seeing is distortion, distortion of my words, also in trying to silence my residents who have been calling from the beginning of freedom, freedom from inequality, freedom from the occupation, freedom from the violence. And so it has been really difficult, I think, for me as I walk on the House floor, walking there, watching many of the colleagues that voted for this not engage me, and they know I'm ready. As the famed poet Marshall Mathers once said, but Slim, I'm an innocent victim. I mean, it's like, come on, lady. You knew exactly. Like, It's one thing to debate whether you should be censured or not, but don't act like you didn't know what you were doing. Don't act like you didn't know what you were saying, and you're not a victim here. Oh, she should know a thing or two about not being addressed because she didn't address that reporter for nearly two full minutes asking her to rebuke the murder of children, the rape of women, the shooting of innocents at music concerts. And she couldn't find it within herself in two minutes to condemn those utterly despicable actions. Uh, one of her left-wing uh, buddies there in the squad, Pramilia uh, Jayapal, said she is very embarrassed that Rashida Tlaib got censured. It is outrageous. I am embarrassed for those Democrats <laughs> who voted to censure their own colleague, who voted against free speech. It is an embarrassment. Uh, look, that's the point I think that needs to be made. Was she the- embarrassed by Jamal Bowman? Well, pulling point. the fire alarm. Good, good point. Um, uh, I thought it was a doorknob. Um, look, I, it was the Democrats that put this over the top. They didn't have the votes with the Republicans. It was Democrats voting to censure her that got this thing across the finish line. Uh, lastly, well, it was with Democrats uh, that we removed the former Speaker of the House. So bipartisanship right, sometimes everybody, accomplishes good things. They want it. Uh, <laughs> and last but not least, cringe on Pierce says we should be mindful of the words we use. Is there a place in the Democratic Party for somebody who uses phrases like that? So we've been very clear. We we just I just we just said we think that we strongly disagree in using that phrase. I mean that is coming from here from the White House in a very public way. It's been said by many people at the White House. Uh, so we've been very very clear about that. Uh, I don't have any conversations to read out to you uh, with the Congresswoman. I uh, just don't have anything from here at this time to to read out. But look, we've been very clear, very very clear about uh, using how. Uh, it is important to uh, to be mindful about the language that we use, uh, especially in this time, uh, and uh, and we'll continue to speak out to that. 
You know, there's all the time things I want to say to Kevin about his performance. And then I remember, Ethan, it's important to be mindful of the words we use. Yeah, you know, like maybe be mindful that if you're going to say from the river to the sea, maybe you ought not do that. Don't you just love, love, love when Democrats are forced to flee from their own base and positions? All right, when we come back, Hillary Clinton went on The View, compared Trump to Hitler. We got Trump saying it's time to end the debates. Nikki Haley's going at Trump over his spending. Oh, a lot more on the way Ethan Hatcher's in for Casey. It's Kendall and Casey Show, 93 WIBC.